2: hello and welcome back to wine times brought to you in association with the sunday times wine club with me comedian and wine novice susie ruffle
3: and me will lyons the sunday times wine columnist and vice president of the sunday times wine club
2: throughout this series i have taken up the much coveted role as apprentice of wine to try and become a master of all things grape related
3: but you won't be on this journey alone susie Oh no, every episode we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and good conversation.
2: And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we have on the show, then fear not, because they're all available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there's a link in the episode description just for you. So,
3: whether you whine a little, or laugh a lot, in this show, you're sure to find something great that suits your taste.
2: And we're here in the fabulous church-turned-boozy destination, Amazing Grace in London Bridge, to bless the wine and, of course, have a good time.
3: Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today are two of our favourite sports broadcasters, Rory Jennings and Ade Oladipo.
2: Rory and Ade present a regular radio show on talk sports whilst also spanning their wings across other shows too. You might know Ade from hosting own Boxing Show and featuring on Sky Sports. And if you're big on streaming your sporting content, then perhaps you know Rory from his YouTube channel and presenting the number one live football show, The Kickoff. As well as both having a common interest in sport, this pair have combined their love of sport with their passion for tackling issues that affect men in the modern world on their brand new podcast, The Men's Room, which covers fatherhood, sexuality, racism, dating, masculinity, mental health, body image, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Rory and Aday. Ade. Hello, thank you for having us. We're honoured.
1: I love the introduction. That, that that can be repeated again. Yours that was, was very grand. Mine was yeah. good. Sky Sports, the Zone, Talksport. I thought, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It like makes top, you sound far better
4: than the reality.
1: <laughs> well, you you were just an online streaming guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mentioned that he does radio at the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you know, boys. You know, let's you know, not start <laughs> with a fight.
1: You no, know, he does a bit. He does a bit. He's getting
2: there. <laughs>
4: yeah, you did. You did big him up a little bit too much. There, can that be the end of that for the rest of this episode, please?
2: <laughs> so, Ado, to you first. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks thanks so much for coming to chat to us about wine. Let's kick off by asking, do you, are you both big into wine? Are you wine drinkers? When do you drink wine? Mm-hmm.
4: I love it, but I'm very aware, particularly in the company that I'm in at the moment, that my knowledge and understanding of the great drink is superficial at best. Snap. But it's one of the very few things where I genuinely want to learn. I'm quite quite reluctant to improve myself under normal circumstances. <laughs>
0: mm. Brilliant. But,
4: but in this in this exact example, I I really want to know more. I try to learn. I try to embrace it, but as things stand, pff, superficial. Are they? Yeah.
1: What's below superficial? What, you, what, what, me. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm big into it in the sense of I like drinking it. Yeah. Understanding it and understanding its place or the role it had in my life up until very recent. I didn't understand it at all uh, with with a meal it would be a soft drink going out it would be a whiskey so I was like okay where does wine sort of fit into this now I seem to have a place for it uh, whether it be a glass of wine
3: after a meal or with a meal or someone comes around and you know brings a bottle to the house mm. <laughs> I think that's totally normal because you, you tend to come into wine later in life I was completely unusual and I got into wine in my sort of late teens but to go back to an analogy, I mean, I'm trying to think of what, now what it's like. And I have to put myself in your position every day when I write a newspaper column. I was recently in New York watching a baseball match, and I don't know anything about baseball, but I, but I want to know more. Mm. And it's like, imagine someone that knows nothing about football, I suppose. And then you've got to start with the basics. And that's what wine is. It's, uh, there's so many layers to it. I mean, on, it, it, a bit like football, you can go along to a football match and enjoy it and know nothing uh, you know, about what, what, what's, what's really going on. But the more you get into it, the more layers of complexity, the more there's the history, there's the players, there's the season. And and a little like football, wine is ever-changing because it's made once a year. The grapes start growing in March. You pick them in September, October, and that's called your vintage. And it's it's always changing. Mm. Just like every September or August now, the football season starts again, and it's always changing. Good winemakers come and go. Wine estates change hands. So you get a very rich owner that puts lots of money in and suddenly they're <laughs> making great wine for five or six years and then they sell the estate and there's not so much investment. Wine makers make mistakes. And the growing season can be tricky. You can have bad weather. So it's, um, it's this kaleidoscopic subject which is... Hopelessly. It's that it I yes.
0: never realised. <laughs> it, it, it is. It <laughs> is, i really see. I, can, work, so I yeah.
3: see Susie's eyes closing over. I think I'm, I'm using, no, i no. too much it on this. It wasn't over It was
2: more like, oh my God. Well,
1: <laughs> I guess it's almost like football in the sense of the price as well, right? I mean, you've got your Sunday League football and then you've got your Man Cities. Absolutely. You've got bottles of wine that are a couple of quid, which I started drinking many, many years ago. <laughs> Black yeah. Tower. I remember it like oh, it was yesterday. Yes. Black Tower. And then you've got the ones <laughs> that are thousands and thousands of bottles. Which I and still don't it's such phone. a
3: good point. And it's okay to like both. They keep saying this over and over. It's okay on Tuesday night to go and watch Maidenhead.
0: And then on <laughs> yeah. Saturday,
3: you're, you're at the Emirates watching Arsenal. I mean, it's okay to have those two experiences. That's
2: the thing. Well, I think we should start. I think we should. So where are we starting today?
3: Well, we're going to France. Lovely. And it looks like champagne, but it it's does. not. So a lot of people think the only sparkling wine that France makes is champagne. Now, champagne is a region sort of 90 miles northeast of Paris. There's lots of other regions in France that make good sparkling wine, but they just can't call them champagne.
4: I follow Piers Morgan on Twitter. Why did you he...
2: do that? And why did you publicly say it? <laughs> I do, I do, I do. I do. It's,
4: it's, a guilty, it's a guilty pleasure. He's got this mantra that he talks about quite a lot that I find quite interesting. He often says, uh, I think it was handed to him by his father, he said, whatever your situation, whatever your financial situation, however lucky you are, what you should always treat yourself to is drink the most expensive French wine that you can afford. That's his principle. Would you agree? I think I do agree with Piers, and
3: I think um, there's a lot to be said for trading up. And as wine critics, we're always trying to find, because in England, especially the sort of um, Sunday Times readers, we're always looking for value. Mm. And it used to be, what was the sweet spot in terms of value? Well, values whatever you can afford, is it? I mm. mean, you know, mm. how much does it cost to go to a premiership football game these days? Ninety five pounds. But I, I used to say it was about seven or eight pounds. Now I think twelve pounds, you can get a lot of bang for your buck. But there is certainly a leap in terms of the quality of the taste and flavour from five pounds to twelve to fifteen to thirty. And then I think when you get over fifty pounds, you're then paying for reputation and scarcity. Um, ah. But but I suppose the mantra is less is more.
4: But would you agree that if you if you're picking a region, if you're going to, oh, do you yeah. agree with his love of French wine? Yeah, because yeah. all worlds lead to France. Cheers. Cheers,
3: bro. We've made Cheers. it, we? yeah. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this
4: is <laughs> <laughs> <So> good. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best day ever.
3: So this is Albert Bichot Cremant de Bourgogne Reserve. So we're south of Dijon, north of Lyon. Burgundy is a thin strip of land where they've been making wine for a thousand years. Some of the vineyards there, which are just fields, have been cultivated for a thousand years. So I think it was the Benedictine monks built the Abbey of Cluny in 1910. Then the Cicertians came, and, the, and and basically all these monks were old viticulturalists. You know, they had jobs in the monastery, and they they really knew how to make wine. But
2: know,
3: they drink a lot of wine. Drank a lot of wine, and um, not a bad life. And they and. and <laughs>
2: And <laughs> they mapped all days? the videos. Yeah,
4: mate, if things go this wrong, you never, like it's nice <laughs> to always have that as an option.
3: Well, this is the whole tension between the church and the sort of powers that be back in those days when I think they, the royalty and the emperors used to get very jealous of the monks because they just thought they were making great wine and drinking too much.
4: Can I, can I ask you totally honestly, this is so fun, right? And this mm. is so nice. <laughs> like I'm really putting some effort in to not just finish that. Is this one big piss up? <laughs> <laughs>
3: As my aunt once said, uh, is it just one long alcoholic haze? Well, the point is, there is a serious side to this in that we're sort of analysing. But w- what we're trying to do on this podcast isn't it, is to have a, a gentle discussion, not imbibe too much. This is your midweek game, November, you know.
4: It's okay. delicious. Though. November, February. I
3: think early. this, is, this
4: lovely. is lovely. Yeah, yeah. I've just bought garden furniture. This is going to complement oh, my oh, garden yeah. <laughs>
3: furniture so well.
2: <laughs> it pairs lovely with a deck chair. Yeah.
3: That's I what I find. Friends are coming over. Yeah. Could you pair
2: it with any snacks?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. it won't go with my usual one.
2: Listen, Will absolutely loves to say that sparkling wine goes with a little piece of parmesan, parmesan and it's just cheese. become a running joke <laughs> on the podcast. So, so it's like this, which makes actually Will sound like all he wants is cheese and, and, and it, wine, which and is it, partly it, true.
3: If it's really biscuity, which this really isn't, it goes well with sort of, um, small chunks of parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I like this with, and it's uh, it depends how hungry you are. You know, I think. Simple things that, you know, like to just smoked salmon on brown bread is really nice. Mm. That would go really well with this. Smoked salmon on its own. Cold meats like ham. Yeah, yeah. Um, charcuterie. Posh crisps. Posh crisps, mm, exactly. Don't you think posh crisps?
4: Posh crisps would Depends. Be great. What are posh crisps? Well, I had How the I had the,
3: the Tyrrell's Coronation. The ones
2: that are like that big. Oh, the ones okay. from the massive <laughs> yeah, bags, yeah, you yeah. know.
3: Um <laughs> Breadsticks sticks yeah. would, would go something well with quite
2: simple, Something quite simple Yeah, didn't olives wouldn't it. go well with
3: this because olives would strip it of the flavour. If you're having sherry... Olives would go, well, sushi, if you want to be posh. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's what Your house do. parties must be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you live? <laughs> where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> come round, come We're going to knock on every door on that street <laughs> until you answer.
2: Until someone answers by saying, are you drinking? Are you Have you a drink? glass of this." Yeah, yeah. That's what the postman gets every morning at Will's house. It's great.
3: He came the other day and he said, but I came yesterday with a bottle. I said, no, no it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be absolutely fine.
2: Because <laughs> <Yes>, you sure <laughs> yes. basically your postman thinks you've got a terrible problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've we've been to France. Sorry. We've had a lovely time with I some mean, sparkling wine. Yes. Where are we going to for our next whistle stop tour?
3: Well, we're leaving France and we're going to <laughs> We're gonna say hello, we're going to Italy.
1: Ah,
2: oh, okay.
3: Ooh, and we're gonna to go to the Veneto, which is sort of northeast Italy. So if we fly into Venice, lovely. why not? And we could go to, I was going to say my favourite wine bar there, Enoteca Mascarata. And then we're going to take a car and we're going to go to, we're, we're, we're going to taste a wine that I think everyone's sort of heard of. A bit like Rioja,
4: mm-hmm. Pinot Grigio.
3: Pino Grigio, Chianti. Yes. It's suave. Mm-hmm. Everyone's heard of it, but people slightly
4: don't know where it's
0: from yeah. or what
3: it
4: is. It's a crisp white wine. So you pick that glass for breathing properties of the glass?
3: Yeah, so I think that with great wine, the bigger the glass, the better. So you can, so you can smell its aromatics, you can swirl it round, and you can, you know, you can uh, extract That's uh, so interesting you said that, because I've always looked at
1: it. When I see people pouring a small amount of wine into a big glass, I'm like, oh, well, it's just a waste,
3: isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Fill it up! More, like you still changing me, Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So we're about an hour east of Venice. We're in the, um, the hills between Verona and Venice, so about half an hour west of Verona, or two hours north of Bologna, if that's where we are. And the great varieties are Trebbiano de Suave and Garganaga. And I think great Suave, I think it combines this sort of lemon freshness, medium acidity, with aromas. You sometimes get aromas of flowers. Sometimes chamomile tea, actually, and herbs. And then with age, it gets this sort of nutty character. And this is made by one of the fan, the, the the most famous producer in Suave, Pirapao. So we are drinking the sort of best in class, as it were, made in 2020. That just opened up all my senses. Yeah, it does. everything just went.
4: It's another lovely one. Yeah, You've got good true. taste.
3: I mean, you're going out for lunch afterwards. This would be a wonderful wine to have with lunch, wouldn't it? Yeah,
4: we've got we'll to do a show a at four, though. Little. I'll have a sleep
3: Football before then.
2: this week. I mean, it's a lot of kicking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people were yeah. good. Some people yeah. were less good. <laughs> now we're going to get to the news. Luckily, yeah. I'm not Loads reading of goals. that. Loads
4: of goals. good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> before we get into the wine, could you tell us a bit about your new podcast?
1: Yeah, it's called The Men's Room. Men don't talk enough about certain issues, we like to kind of run away and hide from mm. difficult conversations. But the thing with me and Rory, and more so Rory, and I don't know if Rory even knows he does this, every time I see Rory in the morning or in the afternoon, the first thing he says was, talk to me. First thing he says. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll tell you about my day from whatever. So Rory's almost started this podcast without realising. <laughs> and um, we've been doing our so- the social for a couple of years where we get to the studio early. and We've got a couple of hours before we actually go on air and we openly just talk about everything with each other. I know about his wife and his daughter and the reason he's got bags under his eye (laughs) (laughs) and he equally knows about my life. And more importantly, men will start to feel like they can have a space where they can just be open and honest and hopefully help a lot of what's going on with men because there's a lot of mental illness, a lot of mental health, a lot of suicide rates are going Mm. higher and higher and higher. And we hope that this podcast can sort of help people.
4: Yeah, I think that's bang on. I think what we try to do There's a lot of bravado about and I think that we're both part of that as well Mm. but the ambition at least is to have a conversation around things that maybe fellas don't talk about so everyone on Instagram's got a sleeve tattoo and a six pack but the reality is that they might not be as happy as you may think. Yeah. So, one second. I've got a sleeve tattoo and I've got a four-pack. Where I've am got I? A sleeve tattoo, and a beer <laughs> <belly>. <laughs> <laughs> where, where am I in this yeah. conversation? A sleeve tattoo, a beer belly, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a and a beard that's a lot more salt and pepper these days. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's distinguished. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. But no, but the 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 overall aim is to just provide a place where certain topics are discussed.
2: There's a lot of stuff sort of online of like talk to your mates or do this mm. or do that. But I think certainly within. There's so much bravado within sports. There's so much about being, you know, whether you're a fan or if you're someone that plays professionally or boxes professionally, I guess that being... Or the fact that you're already in the sports area, opening up those conversations are so important because you're hopefully going to reach a demographic of people that maybe, yeah. that maybe aren't seeing oh, totally. those, those posts or that aren't already engaged in sort of mental health awareness. You've hit the nail on the head there, I think, Susie.
4: Our audience, so I'm speaking uh, in, in as general terms as possible yeah. our audience would be geezers yeah, who yeah, yeah. don't uh, have problems mm. and have loads of money and I think some people may think that that would be us and our approach to life I think that might be the public uh, perception of the way that we operate because of the way that our show is and the way that we whenever we do a podcast that's sometimes been the intention in terms of what's happening at tells me about his dates and yeah. it all feels very easy but the reality is, obviously, it's not. It's it's a lot more complex than that. So what we try to do is have a conversation around the reality of life and life in London and life as a father and life being single and life growing up in Stratford without a father and growing up in Kilburn without a father. And it, it, it's it's a lot more complex than the Instagram post where you get ten thousand likes and everyone thinks you're a billionaire. Mm. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think it's so important that these sort of conversations are. I just think accessible. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I think like the accessibility of, of of just saying like, you know, things aren't always easy.
1: I think that's what's important. I think that's why it's good coming from myself and Rory because, again, from the outside looking in, people think, okay, you guys are doing so well and Yeah. everything's great and you've got a big following and you're on Talksport, Sky, the Zone. This is amazing, and we're like, well, and it a isn't. blog. And also, yeah, and a blogger. And a I blogger don't know if you've so heard, many... but
2: Rory's a blogger, <laughs> yeah, yeah. guys. I don't know if everyone's heard, but I just want, just to make sure everyone's very aware, Rory does blog. He does, he does blog. Does blogging, he does And honestly, am so proud well, of him here at Wine Times.
1: But I think for people, for it to come from us, again, who are maybe perceived to be living this sort of great life, um, and for us to be as open with our own struggles and problems mm. currently, not just ones in the past, I think people... Um, they're going to be happy
3: with what they hear. Men are particularly good at bantering with each other and that just dis- as a sort of defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Di- so sort of disguising. I certainly do that with my friends all the time. And it's far more prevalent.
4: It's far yeah, more, much prevalent more prevalent than, than I ever realized. Yeah. Because I, I, I think that most fellas do this, but as far as I'm aware, all my mates are sweet and everyone's yeah, great right. and everyone's happy and everyone's got loads of money and everyone's got loads of girlfriends if they want that and everyone's got loads of boyfriends if they want that. But the reality is none of the above can be true. Yeah. So what we try and do is have the frank, open, honest chat that reveals exactly what is going on in people's lives and and if if the issues do exist, how to proceed thereafter. <laughs>
2: listening to Wine Times, brought to you with the help of our friends at the Sunday Times Wine Club, your go-to experts for fantastic wine. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we've been tasting in this episode, there'll be a link to them in the podcast description.
0: As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone.
3: I think it might be time for our third wine oh yes if, please. If we finish, i mean i think the suave was no, that was delicious oh, yeah. really enjoyed it. delicious,
2: it? um yeah why not Sometimes do you have something that have you got something that's we often end with a red mm. we end with a red Have we got something punchy that we think might be to rory's taste
3: this is like the euros on a european tour so we're going back to france ah. but we're going to southwest france to the languedoc which is sort of perpignan and then you keep heading west up into the foothills of the Pyrenees, so you're in this area of France, which, although it's French, it's very influenced by parts of Spain as well, sort of Catalonia. Um, I mean, you, you, to, to get there, you can either go to Perpignan, drive from there,
4: or you could fly to Barcelona. It's where Lizarazu is from. Do you remember Lizarazu? Lizarazu, I certainly do. The left back. Yes, he's from yeah, there. Yeah,
3: Who, but he played, played for, French left back?
4: Yeah, yeah. Play, play, play for which team? Play for, play by for Bayern, Bayern Munich. Munich. Bayern Munich. But in yeah. 98 probably even a bit I, I, do, I, I have no idea why I know that you know, I am time, so you know, mad
2: impressed that's by your by that knowledge no, but that's you, but ridiculous. you've got like that's, facts that's, in not your not
4: head. that's mental isn't it yeah, nobody knows that no, no. That's, yeah. honestly that's one of those no, things where that's you probably should
2: probably why you're so good at your job <laughs> is that you have this encyclopedic memory of football I mean that's what makes you do you
4: know, do that's do it that's why he is
1: honestly the best blogger out there uh, and listen,
2: <laughs> if you're into blogs please please go to Rory's blog he does one of those video blogs he vlogs so please please. Please, please. It's it's all the rage.
4: This looks beautiful. This does,
0: doesn't it? it.
4: Deep, dark, strong. A good tip for you,
3: Rory, if you're looking for those easy-drinking, powerful, bold... You know, this is... uh, is it's a, it's it's a blend of um, Syrah, Grenache, and Carignan. So this is wa- this is a very warming autumnal. Or you could oh. have this around the barbecue. Oh, I think round. Anything, the fire. yeah, with red meats. Yeah. See,
4: they're the ones yeah. I go for. Yeah, yeah. Syrah, Grenache, Cabernet, yeah, yeah. Carbignac. They're they're the ones that I, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. They're the ones mm. that I know I can trust.
3: Yeah. So this is like um, again, should we use football as an analogy? Yeah. Go oh please, on. I understand He's good, at He's good at it. it as well. He's good. Yeah. Steve McMahon. <laughs> oh, Bullitt, got left Roy Keane. Wow. this is like a big bold box to box midfielder but that can do everything lots of fruit mm. lots of when fruit. you say can do everything does that mean you can have it without food you can have it just mm. oh, as the itself it's, it's
4: fast food you need food. well it's sort when of it's food defined food by sugar. power
3: mm. defined by power but also there's a bit of structure and finesse with it but yeah so, so you, you, you can drink it on its own you could have that with all sorts of things a you nice could, steak A steak would be perfect. Uh, uh, A winter stew. Yeah. Bangers and mash uh, down the pub. Oh, I think getting Uh, to
2: a pub when it's really maybe it's snowing and they're like, do you know what? Normally you have to book, but we have got a table for two. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You go, oh yeah, I'll take. You've only got an hour and a half. That's fine. We can eat really quickly. Not a problem. That would be dreamy.
4: Such a lived experience. Everyone, everyone that heard that went, yes,
2: (laughs) we should have booked to work.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. oh, thank you
0: so much. We didn't know we'd have you, a babysitter. We need to give her a, give her a big tip. She's it. really done us a favor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh. So it's, it's made for for the Sunday Times wine club and it's it's grown so the grapes are grown at altitude 800 meters above sea level.
2: So what does that do?
3: So essentially that negates I suppose the um well it, it means you get the perfect grapes when you have cool nights, lots of sun, And warm days. And without altitude, you get those cool nights. So it keeps the freshness of the grapes, but you get the intensity of the fruit as well. Is there a difference in wine when the grapes are organic as
1: opposed to... Good point. That's a great question.
4: Mate, somebody's asked you to ask that. You didn't think of that. Sorry, I somebody texted you, He's haven't they? No way did he think of that. The difference Rory, between all. Rory, are you
2: okay rape? in this relationship? Because I feel like he keeps coming at you. It, yeah, it, there's it's, no it's, way it's, that he is. It's, differentiating
1: it's quite, between all. We did rape. one the other day on domestic abuse, and this is almost touching, isn't it? <laughs> the, the abuse verbally. <laughs> that Rory seems. I
2: don't seems know bit, who of you's in the. I don't know which one of you. No, I think it's you. I think you're. <laughs> think you're bringing the trouble. You're yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of the clearly. problem. You're the problem here.
3: So. Let's start off with the definition of organic wine. It's mm-hmm. when it's made without the use of man-made fertilisers, pesticides. And as you can see, I've got some notes. I actually bought some notes on organic wine because I thought this question might come up. And it's made to the standards required for organic winemaking. So you, ha- you see a bit of a leaf. To answer your question directly, um, you then have biodynamic wine, which is the next level. And that's when it's based on a... a, a um, uh, sort of, the, 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 there was someone called Rudolf Steiner who, in the 1930s, oh, yeah, Steiner yeah. Schools. Yeah, and, and, and he wrote a series of lectures, one of which was based on agriculture. And that's when you pick your grapes to the lunar cycle of the moon. Uh, you, you don't use, um, you know, it's complete alternative farming. You have herbal preparations instead of pesticides. So it can take it very, very far. But years ago, I went down to Bordeaux talking about how you earn your spurs and i was quite a young man mm. and the winemaker hadn't had us in the diary he was quite put out that we'd arrived i was there with my wife at the time who never normally accompanies me chateau fond and so we went in for a tasting of the wine from the barrel now this isn't a sort of holiday thing it's, it's not really a gustatory pleasure this is quite analytical tasting i suppose uh, so i love these fruit. it's like Mourinho looking at a player you know you, you're you know, you're really focusing on on this wine, and he took me through six barrels, and we got to the one at the end, and he was being a bit offhand because I pulled him out of his vineyard, and I just said, "This is it, you know. This this wine is incredible. <laughs> it, there's a purity to this. There's an elegance. There's a finesse. It's lighter on the palate. It's so much. It's got so much more vitality than these other four barrels, and his whole demeanor changed. <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like." Oh, A this guy knows what he's talking about, and he said, "Come with me." And he took me up to his vineyard. And he goes, "This vineyard here, I'm growing. I'm farming biodynamically. Mm. I've been doing it for a few years now. There was long grass. There was weeds. There was wildflowers. Interestingly, there was lots of butterflies and insects, and you know, it was just alive compared to his neighbours, which was farmed, you know, um, usually, I suppose. Which it looked a bit." Well, it, it, it didn't look as alive, and so in answer to your question, the wine I find organic wine does have a sort of uh, an attractive purity to it. Mm. The second wine was actually organic, the Pirapan Suave. Um But like everything with wine, there's always um, there's always exceptions.
4: When you b- when you're difficult. buying wine for yourself, yeah, are you bothered? Do you, do you look for organic wine or do you? No,
3: know? but I think when I'm buying wine, I tend to buy it off small producers. Who are by their very nature organically farming because okay. they're doing everything hand.
2: And is that because hand, you hand you hand want garbage. to support smaller people within the industry? Yeah, or or
3: or, or, or their wines are just more interesting. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm sure you've read about uh, you've probably read about this as well that the, the beef between Angelina Jolie
3: and Brad Pitt about
0: their yeah. yes. wine. Yes,
2: about their and they and bought the millions a thing out together. Millions now, it's a big,
1: it's big thing bought. right now,
3: is oh, yeah. yeah. The like, first wow. thing to say is that is good wine. Is it ah. Miraval? They bought in. They did something very clever. Is they brought in a great wine family called the Perrin family, who make Châteauneuf to Pape, who just know what yeah. they're doing. So that is good wine for a start. So it's it's, it's what, what, there's only there's only a few celebrity wines that are worth the buck, and that is definitely worth the buck. Wow. The, the other one would be two paddocks in New Zealand. Sam Neill, the actor from oh, Jackie yeah, Park. Yeah. Yeah. Park, and he's done everything correctly. So he bought the land, he hired two you know good viticulturists, a good winemaker. They that they planted it. And he makes he makes proper fine wine. I always feel quite sorry because if you ever go there, and there's like 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 a sort of symposium, here speak. So you've got all these farmers who are basically wine growers, you know, talking. and Then he gets up and's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone just swoons because he's. Okay,
4: so, so Sam Neil. Yeah. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Oh, Carl
3: has one as well. You know, from Twin Peaks. The worst one I ever had was Wayne Gretzky. Does he? I thought yeah, you were going to yeah. say Wayne Rooney. And um, I was in a supermarket <laughs> yeah. there, or or, or or whatever they are. Um, Near Toronto, and I, ha- I had his wine, and it was one of the worst. I really, drink, yeah. Sorry, Wayne. Because...
2: So, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is. So, to, to end, we always ask our guests, what, What's your favorite of the three? Yeah, Ado, can we start with you? Oh,
1: I'm probably going to go for the middle one. Oh, really? Was, yeah, okay. Yes, the Italian one was the it? Suave, the Pyrrhic yes. good
3: choice, actually. 2020. Mm.
1: This is the one that I said sort of just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably the wrong term, isn't it? Really? It no. exploded in my mouth. Probably doesn't work. Yeah, yeah probably doesn't work. It's an explosion for of, sure. of flavor. There you go. That's yeah, fine. what I say. Yeah, yeah. 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 This one I really enjoyed. I know you you don't reveal prices, but
3: what, what are
0: we yeah, saying here in boxes?
2: It's
3: at the bottom? around the £20 mark, I think. Oh, okay. that's fine. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I found that quite cheap.
4: Yeah, that's because you're a billionaire. Is that because I'm rich now?
3: Yeah, because yeah. yeah, <laughs> I'm rich now. <laughs> You no, know, I just think um, <laughs> um, that <was> <laughs> if you taste as much wine as I do, your job is to find those wines that really punch <laughs> above their, you know, uh, 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 yeah. above their um, price tag in terms of um, in terms of taste and flavour. And I'd like to think, although we've got 15% inflation now, but I'd like to think I could put a wine in front of you that was between 30 and 40
4: pounds mm. that would taste like a wine that was 150 pounds. Yeah, there's a huge difference, isn't it, yeah. between yeah. a wine that was like Ten pounds and a wine that's forty pounds. Like yeah. you really do get a difference there. Yeah. Also, Huge. I
2: feel like there'd be stuff that you would recognise in a bottle that was worth a hundred pounds. Yeah. And I would get to forty pounds and be like, "This is this is as far the, as I can go that, in my
4: understanding." That, happens, that happened to me. That happened to me on my birthday. I went to a restaurant. Do you know the Windows of the World in on yes. Lane? Yeah, 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 I went up there to uh, in the Galvin restaurant, and usually when I order wine, I like to run it past the tape like my mum or yeah, it was my yeah. mum, my my girlfriend at the time. And and uh, my nan, just that's what I'm having. For some reason, the way that it happened just spoke to me. I didn't know, but I would obviously try to order like a sixty-pound bottle of wine.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Try to order another bottle. I was like, may I have another one of them. He went. We, sorry, we don't have another one. I was like, oh, do you know what? By the time it, with the conversation happened, I was like, we're, we're probably all right anyway. Thank God. It was seven hundred quid. No. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have enough money on us. <laughs> we genuinely didn't have, no, we didn't have the money on us. Like, yeah. Like, luckily, my mum doesn't live far. We uh, go. How lucky we, is it so that they didn't he, have so another bottle? So you would misread it well, on the wine. Yeah, I'd mis- made a pig's ear of it, as I often would. Do you
2: think it was 60 quid and it was like 600? Did yeah. you just, like, miss a... I just a, I
4: just didn't... I, either I pointed at the wrong one or I tried to oh speak no. French, which happens because I would tried a gin and tonic. I tried to speak French, got it wrong. <laughs> got it so wrong. Thankfully, they didn't have the second wine. That's how, huh. that's how good it was. But... We didn't know. So we're drinking it, just go, it, lovely, very nice, that wine. But not, Amazing. We, didn't, we didn't appreciate, like, you know, if you'd had a sip of it, you'd have gone, hang on a minute, this isn't, do you order this? Because this is good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we were just knocking it back, thinking that it was, yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. thinking that it was standard, like, nice, but standard. <laughs> yeah. But man. at that
3: level, you're getting, it's like, is Harry Maguire worth 80 million? This I love your huge. football is energy. Is anyone yes.
2: worth 80 million? That's my question. No. Rory, what was your favourite today?
4: I think my I think my favorite if it were 8 p.m. and yeah. we were having dinner, I think it would be this. The red. Yes. But in terms of my favorite of the day, it was the first one. Yeah.
2: Mm. I like
3: them all actually. I did like the first one as well, the cremon de Bourgogne.
2: It was a real it, it, it was so slipped very down.
3: Fantastic. So yeah, and it slipped down so easily, didn't it?
2: Yeah. Oh, you've been brilliant It's been a
4: pleasure, having you?
3: Both yes, on
2: thank it? you so yeah. much. Thank George you so much.
0: This has been amazing.
4: Yes. Can we come back?
2: Yeah, yeah. whatever you like. <laughs> it's
4: been fantastic. We're here every day. <laughs> yeah, this is, well, yeah, so am I then. This huh? has been amazing. Yeah. Thank
2: you. That's it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Produced by Anya Pierce and the series producer is Ben Mitchell.
3: You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider.
2: And we'll be back next week with more delicious wines and another great guest.
3: And remember that all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine
0: Club website.
2: But from all of us here at Amazing Grace, thank you very much for listening. And we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times.